Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Bases dropped on another edition of Soccer Down Here. It is a Thursday, December 23rd. We'll get into the news of the day. And there's lots of different elements uh, of news of the day. Uh, we have postponements in England, in the Premier League. Uh, Boxing Day is getting thinner and thinner with the schedule as we go. Uh, also more postponements in the EFL. Um, Italy is making some moves on postponements. We'll talk about that. Ferran Torres to Barcelona. We've got some details because a lot of people had the same reaction we did when that was announced. How are they pulling this off? Well, when you get into the details, as uh, Marca posted in the Spanish newspapers this morning, yeah, it makes sense. I, I can see how they pulled it off. Um, and Pep Guardiola did Barcelona a solid, I think, in the way this thing's structured as well. We'll get into that. Uh, we'll get into anything else you guys want to get into. It's a little bit of open season. So if y'all have questions about really anything soccer-related, you want to throw them in, we'll get into it as we go. We'll probably ask for those uh, starting about 9.30. So you guys have a little bit of time to marinate on that one. Let's get into the the latest from England, John, with this set of postponements now. So we've hit the Premier League first uh, now for the first time with postponements. Uh, Liverpool's game with Leeds and Wolves and Watford is postponed. So so two down in the Premier League, but more in the EFL, right? Yeah, uh, the two Liverpool, Leeds, Wolves, and Watford are your two early games that were supposed to be at 7.30 Eastern on Boxing Day. But then you run down the gauntlet of the lower divisions. You've got three more that have been postponed in the championship. And these were all the the 10 o'clock starts. Fulham and Birmingham, Millwall, Swansea, sorry, Colonel, and Preston and Sheffield United. So we can add three more out of the championship. Right now that takes it to only four matches left on Boxing Day in the championship. League One, right now they are still with the six matches remaining on Boxing Day from previous postponements. League Two, you can add one more, Colchester and Leighton Orient at 10 o'clock on Boxing Day. So they are down to five Boxing Day matches right now. So doing the math, we now have one, 
for six more that had been added to the current list of postponements for the Premier League and the lower divisions in England. And they're expecting Watford to be able to play on the 28th, even though they can't play on the 26th because of players coming out of isolation. That's where we're getting down to. And yeah, yeah, you're going to play on the 28th. Okay. Yeah, same with Liverpool. Liverpool's got the the late well, game Liver- on twenty eight. But yeah. but no 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 no. There's diff- big difference here, John. Like Liverpool didn't cause the postponement with Leeds. No. So then it's a big difference. That's what I'm saying. Leeds requested the postponement. Watford requested their postponement. What I'm saying is the league is already saying yes. Hey Watford, you've you've requested a postponement for the twenty sixth. That's granted. But we expect you. This is in their statement. We expect you to play on the twenty eighth. Two days later, because yeah. you got players good coming out of that. isolation. That's the whole point. Like you're, I know it's not good luck on that. No, they're, they're, they got guys coming out of isolation. It, it that's it's not about that. It's about these guys have been in isolation. They haven't been able to train. They haven't been able to do anything for however long they've been in isolation, and then they're expected to just turn around and and play with no training time. Because if you're not playing on the twenty sixth, I'm assuming you're not training on the twenty fourth or the twenty fifth or the twenty sixth. You're right. And you're just going to ask guys to go in. That's the issue. It's you've and, been isolated yeah. and you can't do anything. And now you're going to go play a 90-minute match. It goes back to what everybody has been saying. Well, not everybody because they keep doing this year after year. The schedule is ridiculous. And when you add it on top of the COVID issues, it's even more ridiculous. And hopefully, if anything comes out of all this in England... They realize that the whole festive fixture idea is the dumbest thing they could possibly do for their product. Yeah, you might get some extra eyeballs for one week, and you're going to have guys injured for a month, which happens every year. It's nothing new. It's happened before. But now maybe because of the stress of guys missing time with COVID and games getting postponed, maybe they'll realize it. They are holding meetings on Thursday afternoon to discuss player welfare and fixture congestion. You knew what the fixtures were before this outbreak. Mm-hmm. You knew what the fixtures were supposed to be scheduled for last year, and the year before, and the year before that, and the year before that. Oh, you're going to have a meeting about it. It's a joke. It's a, it's a joke. It's been a joke. It's still a joke. It'll always be a joke until they change it. You're putting guys' health at risk on a good year by having them play on the 26th and then again on the 28th. You're, you're doing that intentionally, Premier League and EFL. There's no accident. There's no, oh, well, we didn't know. Jurgen Klopp has been saying this for a while. Pep Guardiola's been saying this for a while. Players have been saying this for a while. Maybe it took Jordan Henderson to say something about it. I don't know. But this is so wrong. Because you get a little short-term bump of, yay, there's excitement about watching a game today or going to a game today. Yay. And then you've got guys who will miss time being injured because you're putting their health at risk. I don't know how many serious injuries have happened during this period of time, but I'd imagine there have been some. And you're putting that, you're just increasing the risk for really very little return. And when you do it now, and this, this is why I keep stressing that this is not a new thing. This is not some like, oh, well, because of COVID, they, they backed everything up. And this. No, they do this on a good day. This is what they like to do. They think this is good. It's never been good. But now, maybe, because of the issues with releasing a statement, 
yeah, you guys, you're not going to play on the 26th because you have an outbreak, but you're going to get guys back from isolation, so you are fully expected to be available for your fixture on the 28th. I'm fully expecting people to get hurt, Premier League. Have fun with that. Pay the insurance. Idiots. It's so stupid. There's no good reason for it. And I hope that they get found out because of this. And I hope that that's the the thing that changes because of this. Is that they realize, hey, you know what? We want to play our games on Boxing Day because that's become a thing. Cool. You don't need a game on the 28th as well. There's no reason for it. Give me a logical reason, Premier League, why you got to play a game on the 26th and the 28th. Explain it to me like I'm five. I'll explain it to you in the fact that you're going to have hamstrings and quads falling off bones. And they already have. Have fun. Play on the 26th. Play on New Year's Day. That's fine. Don't play on the 28th two days later. And especially don't do it when you got a team coming out of isolation. Joke. I mean, Thomas Tuchel had raised the point even leading into festive fixtures. Klopp did it last his... year. Guardiola did it yeah. the year before. Like, this is all not, it's not new. Thomas Tuchel, yes, he should be saying it too. Like, he just got there. Like, he should be saying it. Everybody should be saying it. Somebody from England needs to be saying it. Because it's these managers coming in from other leagues who are like, what is this nonsense? How do I deal with this? You don't. You don't. You just cross your fingers and hope guys don't get hurt. It's stupid. When you have two guys coming in off of injury, one has one day of training, one has two days of training, and you're having to throw them back out there in this line of fixtures that you're forced to to deal with, whether it's Gummy Bear Cup. Oh, throw throw the Gummy Bear Cup in the trash. That doesn't even affect it. Like, I don't even care about that right now. That's dumb in and, of, in and of itself. That shouldn't even exist. But that's a separate competition. Yeah, the league schedules it. That's before. I'm, I'm talking really specifically about festive fixtures and this idea that it's okay to play a game on the 26th and then play another game on the 28th. No other league in the world anywhere does that. Nowhere. Nowhere. The last league that I heard that did that was the old A-League here in this country that everybody mocked. Did games back-to-back days. Three games in four days because (laughs) the NASL did that because they didn't know any better and it was stupid. And guys got hurt. They knew that then in the 70s. Knew that in the A-League in the 90s. The Premier League is the biggest league in the world. Why are they doing this? It's stupid. They need to change it. There's no good reason for it. No explanation. And the Gummy Bear Cup just adds to the stupidity. I know. But that's yeah, not even the issue. Like, the issue is you got a team playing on the 26th and, another, and then playing again on the 28th. Mm-hmm. The issue and the stupidity is amplified by this idea of, oh, you're not going to play on the 26th because you've got guys in isolation, but you're fully expected to play on the 28th because... Get out of here with that nonsense. When one of those guys who was in isolation gets hurt because they have to turn around and play a game with no prep time, with no nothing, and the rest of the team's probably shorthanded too. When that happens, I would love it. And I would quote Kevin Keegan on this, and I'll play the clip. I would love it if Watford would file suit against the Premier League for insurance for those injuries. I would love that. Because this is a joke. 
It's a joke. It's so stupid. And it, and just and getting into competitive integrity, by the way, because this factors in. Uh, that Wolves and Watford game, a Boxing Day, postponed. Arsenal plays on the 26th. They play again on the 28th. Wolves doesn't play for nine days before that game. Less than 48 hours rest, nine days rest. Yeah, this is all really, really smart and good, and it makes tons of sense. Um, yeah, good, 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 good job, Premier League. Keep it up. And uh, Jurgen Klopp and Pep Guardiola, I think, in their recent pressers have once again mentioned the idea of bringing back the five subs. That it, for bringing it back, the Premier League never had it. They never had it. That's right. They didn't have it. Because they know better than everybody else in the world. That's true. God, they have so much money. Could you put a little bit of it into sports science, people? Please. I mean, what are those things that the players are wearing? Pay attention to those. They don't. They don't care. They don't care. It's a joke. They never had five subs. The FA Cup had five subs. So the FA said, uh, yeah, we, we think that's probably a smart thing to do right now while everything we're dealing with. And these are the reasons why you have five subs. Because you have squads that are going to be disrupted because of positive tests, because of guys who get sick, and you're going to have to have replacements in there. You're going to have guys coming back who probably aren't 90 minutes fit, probably a lot of them, and you're going to need more subs. They never had five subs. It's, a, it's a, just a joke. And it's so... So anger-inducing because there's an arrogance about it, and there doesn't need to be. It nobody else is doing it this way because, frankly, they know better. And it, it's not good for like what is it good for? I, I honestly don't know the benefit outside of it's something people talk about. You're not getting bigger crowds during the festive fixtures. You're getting big crowds. You're not getting more eyeballs on TV. You're getting good ratings. You're risking that without really any tangible huge benefit. Yeah, you might get a bigger crowd because people are, are off work. Okay, cool. Cool, a little bit bigger crowd. That, that's good. Here's what you're risking. Injuries. Uh, awful matches. Mm-hmm. Because Which you get at the end of festive. Oh, 100% no you get because you got guys who aren't up to They're the gassed. quality level or you got guys who are gassed. And I, I I don't care that it's the Guardiolas and the Tuchels and the Klops who have more depth than anybody saying this. They're right. They're 100% right. There is no tangible benefit. There's a reason why teams don't normally play two games in 48 hours. There's a reason why. It's not smart. It's bad for the product. I mean... The Premier League is following the idea of the Turkey Trot Cup in this country in a youth tournament where you're playing two games in a day. You're playing games in back-to-back days. That's not done for quality of the product. That's done for money. That's the only real comp- comparison for what the Premier League does with the schedule. It's There's no reason for it, and they shouldn't get away with it just because they're the Premier League. They shouldn't be allowed to do it, and it shouldn't be accepted just because... They're the prem. No, it's stupid. And guys are going to get hurt, and they're going to get hurt worse now because of all the other disruptions. And see how that does for your investments in these players. I mean, think about it if you're an Arsenal, and we've gone through it this morning. If you're an Arsenal fan, right now on Boxing Day, you're playing Norwich. You come back 
less than 48 hours later, 45 and a half hours later, start time. You have to come back and play again. Then, 1, 2, 48 hours, 72 hours later, you're at home against Manchester City. What's 48 plus 72, John? 120. Why don't you skip that middle game? Play the Boxing Day games every year. Make a big deal about it. Play your New Year's games every year. Make a big deal about it. Mm -hmm. You don't need the middle game. There's no benefit to the middle game outside of, we're tough guys. Like, like, seriously, if there's, a, if there's a benefit for it, I'd love for somebody to explain it to me. Like I'm five. Because I don't have any idea of what they gain from it other than, this is what we do. Well, nobody else in the world does it, and everybody else did the five subs too, and that's, there's reasons for this. Player safety is a big part of it. Jordan Henderson's right. Every other player who said this. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Over the years is right. Every manager who has said this over the years is right. It's bad for the product. It's bad for the game. It's bad for the player's health. It's bad all the way around. And I don't know what the benefit is of that middle game. You want to get specific with it? Because that's, that's how generally you wash stuff away. It's just, ah, oh, well, this is how we've always done it. No. I, do your Boxing Day. Do your New Year's. Do those games. Fine. That's cool. No problem with that. Don't take a winter break. That's fine. Okay. There's zero benefit to having the games on the 28th, the 29th, right around it. There's no benefit. Get it out. There's no benefit for it. Zero. And it creates, then the next round of games is worse. You'd have better games on Boxing Day, better games on the New Year's games that are high-profile games. The games in the midweek in between, they don't matter. Throw them in the trash. And I mean, and if you're an Arsenal, let me go back to the Arsenal example real quick. Three games in 120 hours. Right now, Arsenal's fourth in the table. You've got the game against Norwich. You're supposed to win that one. You've got a game against Wolves. Eh, you know, they're right there with you. I mean, they're seven points behind, but it's a more competitive match. That third match for Arsenal in that run is a game against Manchester City. That's the third match in this 120 hours that you're playing. Yeah. You want to talk about competitive disadvantage, whatever competitive and then adjective you want to attach to it? You're running this gauntlet if you're Arsenal. Win, a little more competitive, a whole lot more competitive. That middle game against Wolves 
and you get through that, and then you've got Manchester City in this murderous part of your schedule here in festive fixtures, I would fully anticipate, even though Manchester City gets to play two days before that, they get to play on the 29th before they play on the first, Mm -hmm. or three days, or whatever. But I would anticipate that that Manchester City-Arsenal game is going to be either one of two things. It's going to be one of the most painful games of the window, or Manchester City, because of their depth, is going to blow Arsenal out at home. You tell me the benefit of that in the, in the overall. There's no having a game that's an absolute dog or an absolute blowout. There's no benefit to any of it. There, there's none. I mean, it's not difficult. Here's what you're worried about the compression of your schedule. If if that is what their explanation would be about festive fixtures, okay. That's that's what you want to say. Fine. Take a round out. Get rid of the stupid replays in the FA Cup and get yes. rid of the stupid two-leg semifinals in the EFL Cup. Get rid of those. There's your extra week. Slap the the middle game of the festive fixtures in another midweek scenario somewhere down the line. You're fine. There's no explanation for it outside of this is how we've always done it. Yeah. Well, um, we used to do a lot of stupid things in the world. And you normally learn and don't keep doing stupid things. Not everybody. But we try. The Premier League needs to try. Try to learn, people. And, and to stop giving me the lip service about we care about player safety. We're going to have a meeting because we didn't know this was an issue. Arr. Shut up. Just like that's insulting. Just stop. Don't even do it. Don't don't say you're going to have a meeting with the managers and the captains and senior players to address player safety now. This isn't a new thing. Don't do it now. That's insulting to do it now. Maybe maybe Jordan Henderson. Maybe and as somebody said in the Twitch pitch, maybe it's going to take somebody like a Big Sam to come out and say this is dumb. I, I wish he would. I'll never complain about his tactics again. I don't know if he's going to manage again. I don't know what his, his plan is. But if he if he, he comes out and says the festive fixtures schedule, the fixture list, all of that, if it's if, if it's dumb and it's bad for player safety, if he comes out and says that, I will never say a thing about his tactics again. <laughs> never. Ragamuffin, I, I I know you're a prem guy. I get it, but this is stupid. Like, I'm a prem guy, and this is stupid. Well, yeah, yeah, I know, but you're you're a little different in that you you don't have a team who could benefit from this like Ragamuffin does, and others. There's no benefit other than just this is what you've always done, and that's not good enough anymore. The Premier League has to do better. They have to do better because they can. They got more money than anybody. They should want the extra subs because they have more glamour players than anywhere in the world. Get them on the field. They should want to have a better product because they should have the best product. It's debatable. Sometimes they don't. They should want these games to be better. So do it. But get it right. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> that that I know, Ragamuffin, like that's the only real explanation. I would expect the Premier League to come out and say, Oh, think of the Queen. Think of yes. think of nineteen fifty five. This was back back in my day. What would the royal family think of that having like, entertainment <laughs> over the Christmas holiday season? There's no other explanation for it. So it's just ridiculous. Sean, I don't even think it's greed. Like I'm I'm to the point now that 
what is the greed? Like, what are they getting out of it rather than playing the middle game in festive fixtures on a Wednesday in March? What are they gaining? I don't even think they're gaining anything. I think this is one of the exclusive windows over in the UK for Amazon, that middle game. So somebody ripped off Amazon, basically. Basically, this was like one of the two windows that Amazon gets, that middle game during festive fixtures. That is an Amazon window. And I'm guessing they didn't want to pay back the 20 million pounds. Well, no, no, John, but again... The, it wasn't an Amazon window last year, or the year before, or 1967, or 1942. Well, I don't think they played in 42. Well, 1932, I, yeah. It, it, that has nothing to do with it. They've been doing this forever. The fact that they tried to monetize it this time makes it even worse. I don't think, in general, they've gotten anything extra out of this. Give Amazon a different window. Is Amazon, do they need the games on the 28th, 29th? Or could they take those games on March 15th? I don't even know that's a midweek. I'm just making dates up. Yeah, just, you know, and insert midweek here later. Yes. Yeah. I think it's going to be about the same. Come on. I'm just, I'm, I'm over it. I'm over it. And saying you're going to have a meeting about player safety is, is insulting. You're going to hold I two meetings I, I, today to discuss player welfare and fixture congestion. Here's how you fix the fixture congestion. You don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> you, you don't schedule it. Here's how you address the player welfare. You have five subs, and you don't have the fixture congestion. Meeting adjourned. Meeting adjourned. <laughs> it's just, it's not, it's not that hard. Um, we'll see what the injury lists look like. We'll see how this looks. But, you know, it, it's it's come up. I think Byrne brought it up on the Twitch pitch um, as, as I was ranting. Sorry, it happens sometimes. Um, competitive integrity is going to be a factor in everything this year as well. And it's going to happen in all sports. We talked about it this morning um, on the morning show on 92.9 where, you know, it was kind of like, well, like last night, the Hawks. I mean, it was the the Skyhawks for the most part. And a couple of guys you you signed off the street. Like, and a couple starters. And that's about it. And that's what these games are going to look like right now. And you've got the the college football playoff thing now where if you can't play, it's a forfeit. You're out. And And the Gator Bowl. Okay. John, nobody cares about the Gator Bowl. Let's let's leave the Gator Bowl to the side. Seriously, nobody could care. Nobody, nobody except for Rutgers now because they get to go to a bowl and they, their players get the bowl. Five gifts. and seven because of APR. Yippee, Yippee Skippy! <laughs> Woohoo! The Gator Bowl. Let's throw that <laughs> in the trash. Let's get back to to real things like the playoff, like the NBA, like these games where they don't have playoffs. And you're going to have situations. For example, that Arsenal game, competitive balance, right? Wolves doesn't play on Boxing Day now. They get a nine-day break to play a team in Arsenal who is trying to get into Europe, who is trying to climb up that ladder. Arsenal gets less than 48 hours. You don't have playoffs to fix this stuff. You're going to have championships. You're going to have European spots decided because of COVID. It's going to happen. And, I mean, maybe there's not a way to deal with that. Maybe because they're not going to shut everything down because they can't do that financially. They're not going to put a long pause on everything because they don't have the time in the schedule. There's reasons why they, it, it, it will be what it is. But that's what's coming. That's what is coming. And 
I, I don't know how you handle it. I, I don't know how these leagues are going to sort it out. Now, there was an article that I found really, really interesting in terms of how the different major leagues in Europe are handling this. So Spain has changed their policies now. Spain is going to do daily testing of everybody, regardless of vaccination status. This is in response to a rise in positive cases. Um, the different leagues are doing different things, and, and this was from AS in Spain that broke this down. So new protocol distributed to clubs. Reuters had a lot of information here, too. 95% of La Liga players are fully vaccinated or have immunity, but they're going to test them daily from now on. Um, players were only tested before games previously. Players and staff will undergo antigen tests every day when entering the club's facilities. La Liga is going to give 60 antigen test, date, kit, test kits daily for each first and second division club. PCR tests will be carried out weekly and also when players return from breaks of three days or longer, including national team duty. That's the, the primary time they're going to do that. Um, home team have to test in the morning. Away team has to test to, prior to leaving for the game. Testing is also carried out on close contacts of players every 10 days. Okay, so that's a huge amount of testing in Spain they're going back to. Premier League, last week, 12,345 tests on players and staff. 90 new positives. So to, to, do, to get some perspective on where things fall, even with this huge increase in the Premier League, 90 new positives out of 12,345. That perspective is needed at times when I think we're all freaking out and we're all getting tested. Um, 90 out of 12,345 is okay. The Premier League daily antigen testing, twice weekly PCR test, regardless of vaccine status. I would put money on that changing pretty soon. Because in other leagues, it's very different. Serie A, 98% of their players are double vaccinated. No league-mandated testing for vaccinated players in Italy. Uh, Pre-match COVID tests are limited to unvaccinated players. Clubs are free to test players whenever they wish. Unvaccinated players must test negative with a PCR test twice within three days before the game. That's Italy. France. Medical officer of the home club has to certify that none of the teams and staff show symptoms of COVID and are either fully vaxxed or have presented a negative PCR test within three days of the match. Um, in practice, that means unvaccinated players do not need to carry out a test before the game. So three days before, you got to have a negative test in there to be able to play if you're unvaxxed. Bundesliga. All teams inform the league of the status of all players, whether vaccinated or recovered from the virus, Fully vaccinated people do not have to undergo continued testing in Germany. Unvaccinated players and staff or staff must do two PCR tests per week, one 48 hours before any match, or conduct an antigen test on training days or match days. Those who have recovered from COVID gaining immunity do not have to. It's going to be a question about how long that immunity is good for. That's going to come up too. Uh, Germany's measures are different region to region because the regional health authorities have say. So that's the national. Some regions might do more. Remember, in the NFL, they went from weekly testing of asymptomatic, fully vaccinated players to a targeted system which focuses on symptom screening. If you have symptoms, you're going to get tested if you're vaccinated. If you're unvaccinated, you test every day. 
I'm a little surprised Spain is going the other direction. Going towards more testing during this, where you have a lot of leagues. The NFL's went the other way. Some other leagues have already been in the other area of it. The NFL didn't start this, although they're the highest profile in our country to do it. And I don't know what is the best way and what's the, the worst way. I, I honestly don't know. I mean, we've we've had the conversation many times and studies have been done on it and there's never been a study counter to it that you're not seeing spread from athletic competition. You're not seeing spread in games because the close contact situation, you're not standing within six feet of a player for more than 15 minutes in a match. That's what maximizes the spread. You're not seeing games be spreader events so that's one element to now pre-games and post-games having different conversations you can you can deal with that you can change policies you can change protocols you can not have the teams come out together you can make them have to put masks on right after the game you can make them have to go to your locker room and not hang out like i mean there's so many different ways you can address that i don't know i don't know what direction it goes um i'm surprised the premier league has not went closer to what the other leagues are doing, although they have more unvaccinated players and fewer double-vaxxed players to get more specific. Although that number has jumped. They're, they're in the 80s now in percentage-wise. Italy's 98%. Um, I, I don't know. But I'm surprised that if the Premier League is all about the greed and all about getting these games in and getting them done, why they haven't went to a different model yet. I don't know. I mean, it was, what, 84% of the players in the Premier League are on the vaccination journey, I think was the, the phraseology. Yes. vaccination journey up. is what they used. Yeah, and that, that number that you put out there, 90 of 12,345 uh, positive tests, that is seven one-thousandths of 1% 1 of positive tests in that particular run. Yeah, Um Burn, and I think this is where the question is coming to go further because. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so i suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky play for free at luckylandslots.com are you feeling lucky no purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And, and I look, I don't know. I don't know what the best way to do this is. The NFL has done something very specifically, and I think they've been very intentional with their language. They are not concerned. And I think the NFL, I've, I've said it from the beginning of all this, I, I think there's needed to be studies about transmission possibilities in NFL games and American football games on the line of scrimmage yep. because it's a very different thing than you get in basketball and baseball and soccer. 
um, in volleyball and in other team sports because of the proximity and the amount of proximity. So that would be a question. I guess rugby could have some of the, some similar things in it. I'd love to see a study done on that to understand how possible it is to to be transmissible. But the NFL has been very specific in saying that they're not worried about the spread in games. They are worried about symptomatic players as opposed to asymptomatic players, even though we know that asymptomatic spread is possible. And with Omicron, it's probably far more possible. But they don't want to cancel games because of a positive test but no sickness is basically where they're at. And again, I don't know if that is the right way, the wrong way. I I don't know if it's an insensitive way. I don't know. I wish we had more answers by now of if that's the right approach or not. I I think we're starting to get things very quickly as this has all come up very quickly with Omicron that like in South Africa, there were articles yesterday in the Washington Post and other places that the quick rise is also seeing a quick fall in terms of cases, which was the hope that I think everybody had when this did have such a quick rise. So, and also the the levels of protection from having previous infections, from having vaccines, from having boosters, it's good. Um, is it perfect? No, nothing is. And we all know that, or we should know that. That shouldn't be a question anymore, but I guess it is in some cases. Um, but sh- I guess I guess what it comes down to, and leagues and doctors and scientists haven't been able to come up with a concrete answer, is should games be postponed if you have positive test results, no symptoms, players are not at, at risk of playing and, and being sick and playing and getting worse, the individual who has tested positive, and the risk of spreading and then players getting sick and getting worse. Like... I don't think we have any real answers to any of that at this point. So should they cancel games in these cases? Should they not cancel games? Should they not have as much testing of people who should be more protected? Because then that won't result in canceling games. Should they cancel the games in the first place? Again, I don't know. And I hate that we're at this point in this after, what, I mean, 15 months? 18 months? Yeah. 21 months, I guess. March is where it started to hit the sports world of 20. I hate that we're at this point and we still don't know. And we didn't know before Omicron about this because people had different policies. And now this is the same but more spreadable. And, like, does it change what the policy should be? I, I don't know. I don't think there's clear answers. And it sucks. Because you don't want to be seen as insensitive to say, why are you testing so much? If, if, if this is what it is and you've got guys who have gotten the protection they, they need and they're not showing symptoms, they're not sick. Like if they had any other kind of sickness, say it's a stomach bug. Well, if you have a stomach bug and you can play through it, you're going to play through it. And we've seen people play through it and sometimes it doesn't result in good things. Didn't somebody puke on the uh, teal field? Here recently, or the I, blue field? Well, it was, it was the, yeah, the Smurf turf in Boise. Yeah, I want to puke when I see that, two, too. Two ugly uniforms mm. and, a, and an offensive lineman for Kent pukes on the field. Yeah, I mean, I, I want to puke when I see that field as well. But anyway, <laughs> hate the colored turfs. Um, but I mean, like players will play if they have some other kind of illness, and they can play, and they can handle it. Is this different? 
again, I don't know. But this is something that we should be further along in getting answers, I would hope. And just to see, I mean, these are the five major leagues in, in Europe. And they have some similarities between their procedures, but there's a lot of differences. Spain is ramping up testing. The NFL is pulling it back. Italy has had it pulled back for a while. Italy has more double-vaxxed players. England is, is a little all over the place, and now you've got the idea of testing every day, but then you have the FA saying, well, we're not going to give the money to the lower division teams for them to do their tests. Like, there's so many confusing moves that are being made with all this, and it, 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 I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. Um, it's, it's just, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I'm absolutely catching strays, uh, at, or I'm giving strays to Boise Ricky because I hate that stupid field. We don't need colored turf. Maybe bugs me more than the festive fixtures. Um, I blame the festive fixtures. That's why I was grumpy this morning. Um, I don't know, Burned. I, I don't know anybody. Like, I, I really wish that I had an answer for you to say, like, it should be like this. This is what they should do. I feel pretty strong in that about playing the middle game of the festive fixtures. Yeah. With this, I don't know. And I hate that we don't know. And I don't know what the right procedure is, but I hate that it's different in the major five leagues in Europe. It's different with the major leagues here in this country of what they're doing about it. it it's all so different. Shouldn't it be consistent by now? Shouldn't we know enough by now to say, Spain, you're overdoing it, or Spain, you're dead on, everybody follow that? We don't. And it's, it's wreaking havoc from, from all different aspects of, of these clubs. It's, it's wreaking havoc financially on these clubs. It's wreaking havoc competitively on these clubs. Teams are going to miss out on European competition because of, of COVID issues. Teams are, we saw it in this country, Philadelphia, lost in the Eastern Conference Final at home, which I think they would have won if they're at full strength. Jim Curtin was pretty clear in saying that guys could have played, but they tested positive. You know, it, it, it's wreaking havoc across the board. It's wreaking havoc on everybody's daily lives. Let's not kid ourselves. But we don't know anything more yet. And I hate it. I hate it. It is Festivus, Ricky, and Bart, and all the rest of y'all. So, yeah, I can air grievances today. I should have realized that at the beginning. Yeah, I had a whole list of grievances. True. Give me time. I'll have more. Yeah. Uh, the NFL numbers, just uh, to put them here in the hopper, as of December 15th, so eight days ago, 94.6% of NFL players are vaccinated. Nearly 100% of NFL personnel are vaccinated. 30 of the 32 uh, league clubs have overall vaccination rates of 95% or higher, and from the league and their player and, uh, player health and safety wing, Given the prevalence of COVID-19 infection in communities, positive cases, vaccinated and unvaccinated individuals are expected throughout the 2021 season. Positive cases are expected. As conditions change, so will the NFL-NFLPA protocols to prevent as many cases of COVID as possible to ensure the health of players, coaches, and personnel. So 94.6% vaccination rate with players right now. Let me, okay, let me play this scenario out because I, I talked about getting tested this week. Um as have I. Well, I got my results back. I'm negative. It's good Good to know. I mean, I wasn't scared about it either way. Um, it took, I guess, 
Probably got through the test at 3 o'clock. They probably swabbed me about 3 o'clock on Tuesday. I got the result sometime early this morning when I had the text. I woke up to the text. Um, I mean, that's just that's how it's backed up right now. They told me within 48 hours they hit it. So, okay, let's take me. Say I'm a, a, a player for a team. I know. Stretch your uh, believability here. Just follow me for a minute. You're so, a player for a Premier League team. I, I'm playing for a... It's going to be different in every league. That's the thing that's crazy about it. So in the NFL, I would not be tested. Even if I had a close contact, as I did, I would not be tested. But I've had symptoms. I've had the runny nose. I've had the little bit of a cough. I've got a little bit of a sore throat. Um, I don't think grumpiness on, on Festivus is a symptom, but maybe it is. Um, I've had symptoms. So then I guess I would be tested and I get it negative. Okay. But I've had symptoms. Would I be held out of games in some leagues because of being a close contact and I've got symptoms, but then, okay, I get my negative test. I can go play. What if I have the flu? What if I have another disease that can be transmitted in these scenarios with the symptoms that are very similar (laughs) and Mm -hmm. I go play and then we have, I mean, it's a flu outbreak versus a COVID outbreak. I know there's a giant difference, not saying it's the same thing, but there's so many different little variables to all of this that are so confusing. And we just don't know, like these players who are testing positive in the NBA, are they healthy? Are they not healthy? Are they too sick to play with any unnamed, whatever it could be. If you didn't have COVID testing, and they were sick during this time of year because we get sick during this time of year. But they could play. Was that a good idea before? Is that something we should worry about going forward? I, I don't have the answers to any of this. Um, I don't know. But I, I wish we knew more by now. <laughs> I wish we did because we're seeing it play out right now in this country where I think lines are couple hours for testing at least in the atlanta area now um it was yesterday for john uh, it was it yesterday for pretty much everybody that i heard from uh you can't find an at-home test anywhere in stores they're all gone um we don't have them in our hands yet which should have happened a long time ago uh there's just so many aspects of this that we don't have answers it, it, michael jordan did not play with the flu ragamuffin let's go backwards the last dance, Michael Jordan explained it to everybody. Mm-hmm. Somebody in Utah put some funk on his pizza. <laughs> he explained it. It was food poisoning. Uh, yep. That's what he said. I believe the goat. Wow, that, whole, that story was crazy in the last dance. But uh, food poisoning or the flu or whatever, you're throwing up all day and you go yes, out and do what he are. did. Um <laughs> I don't Ridiculous. care what he had. I don't care what he had. That was insane, that game. Uh-huh. Um, the Ricky Ricardo is, of course, Ricky, who doesn't believe in goats. Messi, Jordan. I, I see Ricky's, Ricky's thing now. Uh, he's not believing the goat. <laughs> he's hung over from gambling in Atlantic <laughs> City. He was in Utah. Stop throwing shade at, at his airness. Come so, on. So, so, come on, Ricky. If he's going to be if he's gonna be, you can't hungover gamble from gambling, you have to be in Vegas. It's a shorter yeah. flight. Yeah, it, it would have been Vegas. That's true. Shorter flight. Las Vegas or <laughs> Reno. Ricky doesn't believe in goats. That's what I've learned. It's Festivus, Ricky. 
Okay, Colonel, good news. Thank you. Uh, Colonel said, bought, brought, bought home tests in Athens CVS Tuesday. They were restocking and limiting customers to one per. That is good news. Thank you, Colonel. Yes. Excellent. Yes, Tommy. The, the best line in the, the whole thing was, I ate the pizza. I ate the pizza. I ate the whole pizza. I didn't give anybody any pizza. <laughs> he ate the whole pizza. After people were watching, like a whole crew of people brought the pizza, which it's Michael Jordan. You figure out who it is. Okay, cool. I get it. <laughs> Michael Jordan is an actual goat. That is true, Ricky. He was not off gambling. He was eating a whole pizza at yeah. 2 or 3 in the morning and then throwing up. Uh-huh. All day. All day. He looked. He did not, did not look good in that game. No, um, no, no, no. That was incredible. For him to, to have that performance in those conditions after he ate the pizza, that's, yeah, that is definitely one for the record books. And Sean Vergara has been red carded for saying LeBron is better than Jordan. Whoa. Red card. Um, LeBron's amazing. Don't, don't get me wrong. Um, LeBron's amazing, but I probably because he was playing when I was young and I watched it. Jordan's the best I've ever seen in anything. Just incredible. Different kind of unicorn when it comes to LeBron. Yeah, yeah, it, it is true. Um, di- absolutely different. That, that's a good point. It's hard to compare, but Jordan to me is just, I mean, what he did in finals. That, that's why he's the best for me is what he did in finals. He didn't lose one. Like six. <laughs> six and O oh in finals. I That's... Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anybody in any sport who has that many rings without a loss in a final, in a in a Super Bowl, in a World Series, and anything. Yeah, I'd have to think of maybe the fifties, the forties and fifties Yankees or something. But they had like losses that. here and there. There could be right. a player who missed out on one, but I don't think it's one of the goats. Like it's just, it's incredible. Greatest champion strummer, John. That's a really good way to put it. Bill Russell's in that, Ricky. Absolutely, uh-huh. but they lost the series here and there too. I think to go six and zero and be the guy who, in some cases, literally put everybody on his back. Mm-hmm. I just. It's incredible. It's incredible. That that was I actually went back not that long ago and watched that whole series again because it's just one of the best sports documentaries you'll ever find. And the closing of it with uh, Pearl Jam present tense playing yep. and Jordan talking, looking back at everything. Goosebumps, absolute yep. goosebumps. Just amazing. That's that's your that's quality television on on a lot of different levels and having to piece that last episode together. As quickly as they did, yeah, with the ending. So, and if you there's an oral history out there somewhere for Last Dance and the last episode, literally they were crunching and editing all of the music and the ending right up against deadline, and that is intense pressure on its own. But combining it with the buzz that had been created yeah. by the previous episodes and crunching to a deadline and still coming out with what they did was ridiculous. Yeah, just an incredible, just incredible work. Um, Russell lost one final in 12 years. That That's insane, D. Graham. Uh, different era, of course, different, I think, demands, different pressures. Um. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Bill Russell is one of the, the, the greatest athletes on, on the playing field and off the playing field that there ever was. But just it's it's immediate for me i mean just i it's weird because i was you know obviously growing up in atlanta i was a hawks fan and the hawks had some rivalries with the bulls i mean the the, the dominique versus jordan games were must watch because they they both elevated their game in those and jordan had a better supporting cast for most of the time and dominique can only do so much but even if you weren't rooting for the Bulls or a Bulls fan, you just had to be in awe of watching him in those finals. Just incredible. Uh, yes, Ragamuffin, see what you did? See what you did? You, you brought it up, and this is what happens. Um, Scotty Pippen can have a problem with the GOAT conversation. He's just trying to sell books, Ricky. It's okay. Oh, yeah. Let, let Scotty sell his books and uh, sit down when he doesn't get the final shot, and Tony Kukoc does. Let him sit down and do that. As, as, yeah. as Jordan said, watching it from a minor league clubhouse, he's never going to live that one down. Nope. And he, he can't for me because that was that was shocking. Anyway, uh-huh. uh, yes, yeah, sometimes we, we transform into other sports around here. This is what happens. I don't know what these leagues are going to do when it comes to this testing for any of this. I, I don't. I, I'm surprised that Spain has went in pretty much the exact opposite direction that the NFL has. It, with recent decisions. These are both in the last week. Spain testing everybody, increasing testing. NFL pulling testing back, only testing in players who are symptomatic, um, except for unvaccinated people who are tested every day. I don't know which one's right. I don't know which one's wrong. I'm hoping that the reports that we're starting to get where Omicron was identified first in South Africa, um, it was other places too, not to really mix all this up and go deep diving on all of this because then we're all out of our depth. But there there has been a drop lately in positives, which is good. Hopefully, this is, as I think we all hoped at the beginning, a short-term burn-through of people getting it. Luckily, there hasn't been a gigantic increase in terms of hospitalizations. I know there's some studies saying it's not quite as strong, I guess is the best way to put it. Whatever. Hopefully everybody is healthy, everybody is is able to deal with if you catch it or not, and we get through this to where this doesn't, it's a strong short-term effect on these leagues as opposed to an extended long-term effect. No, it's not a method, Colonel, I know, but I mean, what do you want to do? Like, that's the thing. Like, I don't know what to do, Colonel. I don't have, I don't, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor and they don't seem to be aligned in this either. Like I just said, Spain and the NFL are doing two very different measures here. 
I'm not saying hope in terms of not getting vaccinated, not getting boosted and all that. Don't, don't please don't misunderstand me. I got both of those as fast as I possibly could because I wanted all the protection I could possibly get. But I also don't think shutting everything down is the right answer either. I don't. Um, from a sports perspective, I, I, I don't know what that effectively does. Um, and I think in some cases, as we saw in Scotland, you're going to have financial issues here. And they've elected to push games back because they don't want to have those games with 500 people in the stands because there are some clubs who need the need it. They need the people in. So, Colonel, just to, to be clear, I'm not saying hope in just avoiding everything is the way to go. I'm saying I hope that this is a quick burn through in these leagues because that stuff's outside of the league's control. And hopefully it doesn't have a long-term disruption. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe what the NBA is doing, John, like, and I, I don't know exactly the testing protocols in the NBA. I'm assuming they're testing everybody. Um, I don't know if shutting down is going to fix it as, as we've talked about. I don't know. I just, I don't know. And, and burn good point, really good point about Spain and their reaction to it. Uh, they had, along with you know a few other countries, Italy, as we've talked about, one reason why Italy has 98% double-vaxxed is because of what happened in the first wave there. Uh, Spain is going to be very sensitive to any increases because they had a brutal first wave of it as well. So, I'm, yeah, I'm fine. I, I don't have a problem with what Spain's doing, by the way. I don't. I, I think you do the, the quick, rapid test, and if you have a positive there, then you get it confirmed, and you figure it out. I, that's fine. That's fine. I'm just surprised that Spain, and maybe it is because of that first bad wave, versus the NFL, which we know the discussions around this in this country, two very different attitudes. We're seeing two very different responses. Maybe it's because of those attitudes. I don't know. Yeah, uh, NBC Sports with the NBA protocol reported 97% of NBA players vaccinated including a group of players who received at least their first shot. While the NBA has not mandated players to be vaccinated, local guidelines may prevent a player from playing in their home arena. We've seen that with Kyrie Irving, who is unvaccinated. He can't play home games because of New York City's COVID vac- uh, COVID-19 vac- yeah. vaccination regulations, and he won't join the team until he's fully eligible to play. Unvaccinated players have to remain at their residence while at home, remain in their hotels on the road, Vaccinated players will not have to deal with such tight restrictions. They will not have to undergo daily testing, only be tested when they're symptomatic or found to be a close contact of someone who tests positive for COVID-19 or if required by a medical professional. Unvaccinated players required to quarantine for seven days if they're at close contact. Colonel says, uh, I think you did more than hope when you hammered them to develop and implement policies. We need to hear from MLS. What do you want to hear from MLS right now? I don't understand. They're not in season. They're not in training camp. And this thing is changing so quickly. Whatever they say now is going to change by the time you get to training camp. There's no point in having anything said. I don't need to hear from MLS. I do expect, and again, they've been pretty forward in all of this as well. I do expect that they're analyzing everything. And they probably have a policy plan for training camp opening up. And they probably have a plan B. And they probably have a plan C. But I don't need to know those right now. And it doesn't do them any good. And this is something the MLS is, uh, I said the MLS, it's whatever. This is something where MLS has done this consistently. 
they have not played the, well, we're going to do this. Okay, no, now we're going to do this. Okay, now we're going to do this game publicly. Which promotes, I think, a, a perception that they don't know what they're doing. And we've seen that in other leagues, and I've had that perception when policies have changed 27 times. MLS has generally kept things close to the vest. When they've made a decision, they've made it strongly, and they've went with it. There's no need for MLS to say anything right now. Yeah, they got to have a plan right now, Colonel, of course, but they don't have to publicize that plan because they don't have anything going on. They're not in season. And it could be very different by the time we get to January 16th or January 11th or so, whenever the, the CONCACAF teams start. The reason why you're not hearing about a whole lot of preseason plans is because they're, they have plans. <laughs> like, trust me, they're not sitting there like, well, we might schedule this game, we might do this, we don't know. No, they have plans, but they know they could change. And they don't want to do the game of, well, we're going to do this. No, now we're going to do this. No, now we're going to do this. No. no. Yeah, that, that comes across as publicly, regardless of intention. Right. If you sit there and say one thing, then say something else, then say something else, you're going to be criticized for either not having a policy or being overly wish-washy with your policy when you don't necessarily need to be. High college football. Many of the conferences. Awful the way they've handled it. And some of them because maybe they didn't have a plan. Some of them because their plan changed a whole bunch of times. And you can't do that. So, I, I, no, I don't need to hear from MLS right now. MLS is definitely on it because you're not getting a bunch of announcements about preseason yet. League doesn't start until the end of February. I have a feeling, and I think we're starting to see the information backing it up, that we're going to be in a different place by then. I don't know what place. But it's going to be different than it is today. I don't think MLS is going to have to deal with the things that the NBA and NFL are currently. Could there be another one down the road? Absolutely. And I hope they're learning and I hope they're paying attention and figuring out what they'll do if and when that happens. But no, I don't need to hear about MLS's plans right now because they're probably going to be different by the time camps actually open up. So as long as they're paying attention to it, which I have no reason to believe that they're not. Yeah. Um. I don't need it now because it might be different, and they don't need to have that. It's this. Now it's this. Now it's this. Right. They, they don't need to play that game. All right. A game you need to play, John. <laughs> Is under two and a half minutes or less. Well, yeah, well under two and a half minutes. You need to be under two minutes to tell us about Toka football and eliminize. Friends, do you have a young soccer player in your family? Have you ever, 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 ever considered private instruction with a professional instructor to take your favorite player's game to the next level? Well, Toka Football has four, one, two, three, four, indoor soccer training centers in the Atlanta area. Toka's trainers utilize innovative technology and a fun environment to help improve your favorite player's skill and decision-making. Give Toka Football a try, won't you? SDH is partnering with Toka to offer our listeners an opportunity to check out their revolutionary and fun Toka soccer training method for bupkis, zero dollars, no cost whatsoever. Book your absolutely free session now with the promo code DHDH. That's your promo code. Go to tokafootball.com backslash program backslash toka-training. Tokafootball.com backslash program backslash T-O-C-A-training. Or go to soccerdownhere.net, click on the Toka Football banner, and get your favorite player's game headed to the next level right now. 
SDH is also brought to you by Eliminize Service for odor-free, clean, fresh air. Eliminize Service deodorizes enclosed spaces like houses, apartments, and condos. Eliminize has created a customized solution that eliminizes all organic odors, including those from pets, cigarettes, and food. Realtors and property managers use Eliminize Service to eliminize bad odors and to help them sell or rent their homes that much faster. Eliminize offers a turnkey process that makes it easier to work with realtors and property managers, kind to the environment as well, offering a green way to get rid of odors without any kind of toxic residue. And it is different than Febreze or any of those other masking agents that we all have under the sink in the kitchen that we might use from time to time. They use a proven scientific formula to destroy odor down to the molecule. Pricing is easy, down parts per million or by cubic feet. Well, the price that's affordable for you Offering results in 24 hours or less. If you have any questions frequently asked or otherwise, go to their website, eliminize.com backslash Atlanta. The backslash Atlanta is important so they know what part of the world you are responding from. E-L-I-M-I-N-I-Z.com backslash Atlanta. Eliminize service for odor-free clean. Fresh air. Okay. You did get on. No, you didn't get under two minutes. Sorry. What? I just stopped it. I'll give you a couple seconds in addition after the fade. So 39 is what's left on the track. Okay. It is a 246 track. 207. You were close. You were close. But no cigar. Ah! Sorry. Darn it. Shoot. I didn't add the stoppage time. Coco, I can cut it at two minutes. I can just... He can mute me at two minutes if he wants to. See, I don't want to do that. Just like hit the button like bang. Maybe we're going to have to. I don't know. Oh, thank you, Alex. That's a great that's a great ad read score for the holidays for Festivus. Yeah, Alex takes the, uh, the the grievances the other direction on the Festivus, so you know it's okay. So he's unaggrieved. I, I guess I don't think Alex has ever really aggrieved except when Newcastle's involved. And don't worry, we're going to talk about Newcastle here in a minute. Uh-huh. It's coming. Um, update on our friends in Mayfield, Kentucky. They have gotten over seventy thousand on the GoFundMe. 70,216 right now. Uh, I have all the privileges, Sean. Um, You should know that by now. Come on. Um, 70,216. I've shared the GoFundMe a bunch of times. Um, Hopefully some other things are coming to fruition for them as well in terms of equipment, turf, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, keep spreading the word. Uh, Their goal is 300,000. That's probably not even enough to get exactly where they want to get in terms of rebuilding, but I think it'll get them back up and, and running. Uh, if you haven't seen some of the videos and, and pictures from the, the soccer factory facility in Mayfield, let alone the, the whole town, uh, soccer factory KY on Instagram and on Facebook. Uh, they're not on Twitter right now, but they are on Instagram and they're posting videos uh, of some of the cleanup efforts and stuff. So check them out, follow them. We're going to continue to work with them. Uh, tomorrow we are going to unveil and put up our t-shirt, uh, to support them for a pre-sale. Thank you to the mile high 17 for putting all this together, the design, but also getting everything as cost effective as we can to donate all of the proceeds from this $20 t-shirt to the soccer factory. So um, that's going to come out tomorrow. Um, it'll be a good post 
Christmas gift, post-holiday gift for everybody. Um, That's coming out. Okay. Uh, Question about the Open Cup changes. Now, this has been really weird because the Open Cup made announcements last summer, and I know that feels like it was five years ago, that basically gave us this information. They got a little more specific yesterday with the announcements, and things have changed in the professional landscape since they made their announcements in the summer, but... This was what was coming. Um, MLS teams are going to be split, and when they come into the tournament, the teams that go to CONCACAF and then the next highest-rated teams from the last regular season go in in the round of 32. Everybody else goes into the round of 64. Uh, The first round is much earlier than ever before, March 22nd, 23rd. That was the plan for the 2020 World Cup as well, or Gold Cup or Open Cup, any of the cups, I don't care. Um, That was the plan for that too, and it all got changed. Everybody got freaked out because that affects the NPSL and USL League 2 teams. Um, It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Mm. Oh, looks like we have another postponement. Uh, Swansea and Millwall postponed. Thank you, Colonel. Um, add that to the list. I, I think we're all going to come in under our predictions for postponements on Boxing Day. I think so. Yeah, I think you're right. So, a couple things about Open Cup that I think are the important elements here. The tournament has to be designed to be the best for everybody involved in it. And there was a lot of outcry when they started everything earlier and your summer league teams, which a lot of them rely on college current college players to be at their best. Um, when they play in March, they're not going to have their college players. College players can't leave their campus. They they can't play in March. They're not allowed to by the NCAA. I hate that for them, but these are summer league teams, and I'm sorry, the championship of the U.S. Soccer Federation, because that's what this is, it's the cup for everybody, can't be determined by teams that have never won it in the professional era. It just can't. As much as you love the stories of those, and this is specifically the NPSL and the USL League 2 teams, although some of the open division teams that play year-round do get bolstered by college guys coming back to town in, in the summer window as well. That happens. But those teams don't win the tournament. They're not going to win the tournament. They're, they can upset some people. They can pull some upsets. They can be a great story. They're not going to win the tournament. The tournament can't be structured around that. So starting it earlier, yes, because you need to spread it out more, as we're seeing with the schedules. Again, this was the plan in 2020. 
it's going to be even more necessary in 23, where you have a League's Cup, you have different international calendars. Yes, you're going to need to spread it out more as opposed to starting it in May, the MLS team's coming in in June, having the final in like early September, and squeezing all that into that period. You're not going to have games during international breaks either at, when the professional teams are involved. That's a good thing, too, because we've seen how that has played out. Other than that, the, that's the biggest change, just other than more teams than ever before, because you have more pro teams than ever before. You have more MLS teams, you have more Division Two teams, you have more Division Three teams, and you've got it spread out. So the first round is all the open division teams. That's USL League Two, that's NPSL, that's the National Amateur Cup champion, that's the local qualifiers. Second round is where the second division and third division pro teams come in, and you have USL Championship, 23 teams. USL League 1, 11, NISA 13, but those teams have to be confirmed. That's why they can't do anything yet until December 31st. That is the pro team confirmation deadline. The NISA teams are the, the, the most questionable in terms of being confirmed for this. So we'll see where they're at. they got 13 right now. MLS Next Pro, Rochester, because they're an independent. St. Louis City SC, because they don't have a first team right now. They'll be in. And your first round winners play in the second round. Third round, 17 MLS teams and the 31 second round teams come in. That's the round of 64. Round of 32 is your eight remaining MLS teams and the winners, and you go through. So first round, March 22nd, 23rd. Second round, April 5th and 7th. Third round is where Atlanta United will enter April 19th to 21st. Round of 32, May 10th to 11th. Round of 16, May 24th to 25th. Quarterfinals, late June. Semifinals late July, final early September. Cool. It makes sense. I'm okay with that. Um, the 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 question will be the regions um, and how it works. Now we'll just have to see how that plays out. Like it's not hard and fast regional play because you you do end up with uneven numbers of teams in certain regions. So somebody has to get bumped. You never know who that can be. Um, hopefully the Transformers or the GoBots are overseeing the draw this time around at, at Soccer House. Because when they did, you didn't have any problems. When they weren't, that's when you had a, a mess up on the draw. Hopefully they get this right. Hopefully they don't have to draw it again like they did in the, the Champions oh, yes. League. Maybe yes. they will. Maybe they'll have to do the whole thing again. They should have done it that time because they messed up. But they didn't. So we'll see. We'll see where it goes. Um, it's, it's the second biggest trophy you can win. It's the second most important trophy you can win in a season. MLS Cup is number one. Open Cup's number two. Sporter Shield is number three in my book because of the schedule being uneven. That's the, that's the priority order that I would have for them. And I think Gonzalo Pineda here in Atlanta is going to take the Open Cup very, very seriously. Some teams won't take it as seriously. If you're in CONCACAF, which is the biggest trophy you can win when you're in, not everybody's in every time around. If you're in CONCACAF and you've had a run in that, You've played extra games early on in your season. Maybe you take the Open Cup a little less seriously. Maybe that's where you play some of your kids. Maybe that's where you heavily rotate. That's okay. That happens everywhere in the world. We, we know how that goes. That, that's just how it goes. You have to prioritize. The playoff system in MLS, I think, gives you the ability to prioritize a little differently as opposed to the regular season champion is everything, as we get in other leagues, where every league game is, is maybe a little more important. You can go after the Open Cup and still have a good playoff spot and go and win the playoffs. You can do both. Yeah. Um, good question, Ricky. I, I don't know where that falls. Does League's Cup become the number three trophy in 2023? 
It might be the number two. Um, because of, I think, the importance level it's going to get. U.S. soccer needs to do a better job promoting the Open Cup. They need to continue to grow it and make it a bigger deal. League's Cup will be seen as a big deal straight out of the gate because of the promotion machine behind it. Maybe it becomes number two. I think it will in time. I don't know if it is in 23, but I think it will in time. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, going into expansion because St. Louis came up from the St. Louis is going to play an MLS Next Pro this season. So they're going to have a Division Three pro team. So they're going to sign some guys to, to contracts for that. They haven't signed anybody to their MLS team yet, although they can start doing that if they want. Um, we'll see. I'm glad they're in it. That's cool. I like that, Tom. Like, I'm, I'm down with that, too. And Byrne talking about expansion, like, I don't know if St. Louis is going to be better because I don't know what they're going to do. And I know Byrne and many others think that uh, Lutz Fun and Steel, who um, is the sporting director in St. Louis, is going to revolutionize everything and be great. I don't know if he is or not. It, it's way too early to say they're going to be good. Byrne thinks they're going to be better than Charlotte. He's not impressed with Charlotte's roster. I would agree with that. I'm impressed with Charlotte's manager a lot in Miguel Angel Ramirez. I think he's going to play good soccer, entertaining soccer. He's going to develop talent well. But their roster right now, I'm not all that impressed by. And and we'll go through it really quick as I... Flip to their page in my notebook. Goalkeeper Cisniega, not a starter in this league. Left back Christian Fuchs, 36. What's he got left? Jalen Lindsay, really like that pickup. Really like that pickup. Adam Armour, Harrison Offal, very different kinds of reserves. Offal is not a starter at this point in his career. Lindsay's the guy. I think he'll benefit from having Offal in the team, but okay. Center back Anton Walks, great building block. Uh, Guzman Corujo, Jan Shobashinsky, I, I, I don't know how they're going to be in this league. No idea. Central midfielders, Alan Franco. Not the Alan Franco here. Different Alan Franco. Uh, good signing. Guy that is known. Makes sense. Riley McGee, as uh, Rich Ransom keeps pointing out, has, has scored a golasso in his career. Okay. <laughs> I don't know anything else about him other than the fact that he was nominated for a Pushkas that, Award. That's your, that's your top line in the file. Scored a Galasso in his career. Yeah, I don't know if that is enough. But anyway, um, Jordi Alcivar, promising young player. Okay. Eh. Up top, Vinicius Mello. Okay, promising young striker. Okay, I like it. Mackenzie Gaines, he's going to play out wide. We'll see. Didn't see a ton from him. He's got a German pedigree from his time in the lower divisions over there. Cool. Jordi Reyna inconsistent wildly inconsistent when he's on oh he's dangerous but he'll disappear sometimes he wasn't wanted by dc or vancouver previously i'm not blown away by that roster right now and they need i mean at this point you need a, a number one goalkeeper you need to at least commit to what you're going to do and I, I i'm thinking more and more they're going to play a 3-4-3 or 3-5-2 or 3-4-2-1 or whatever you want to get into, however you, you roll them out. Three center backs. And I, I, I really think they're going to play Fuchs as a left center back. Um, if they play him as a left back for 34 games in this league, he's going to get lit up at some point. He just is. Um, we, every time we see an aging European defender come to this league, they wilt in the summer. We'll see. I, I think if you play him as a center back... 
he'll wilt less. He'll have a little more cover. Uh, Franco should be a good addition for them. Um, I don't know who scores the goals regularly. Maybe Vinicius Mello. Jordy Reyna can get you 5-10. to 10, Be my guess. Wingers. Okay, you're going to play Gaines on the wing. Um, if you're going to play wing backs, then maybe you're having a different conversation about it. But it, there's nothing about Charlotte that I'm like, wow, that's really impressive. There's no Miguel Almiron. There's no Carlos Vela. There's no go back to NYC with you know David Villa signing early. There's none of those. So they got a lot of work to do. A lot of work to do. And I'm guessing that they're going to do a lot of that work here very soon in the international market. Because they went and they got two more international slots, remember, from Nashville. Those are going to be the impactful moves. And if you've got, I'd, I'd have to go through how many international slots you're going to have eaten up right now. It's going to be a few. You're going to have to really hit some home runs in the market. Really hit. It's not a contending midfield. No, Bernard. They're, they're, they are right now, to me, Austin. They are like Austin in that year one is, is building blocks. And this is what it looks like. Maybe this changes with signings. But year one is building blocks. Some nice pieces. Nothing that blows you away. I think they'll play good soccer. I think they'll lose a lot of games. And they'll try to get better for a year two. I think you have a very big difference in manager. Although not a huge one because Miguel Angel Ramirez isn't a, a wily old veteran. He's fairly young, but he's accomplished a lot more than Josh Wolf did because that was Josh Wolf's first year as a manager. But you have two young managers. Um, Ramirez is going to have to develop. Wolf was wanting to develop players. But I don't think Charlotte comes in like in Atlanta, like in LAFC, with what we've seen so far, which I'm a little surprised by. I thought they'd come in and be more aggressive. Not so much yet. Not so much. That's, you know, I'm looking at what we've seen so far, and Cisniega, okay, great. He's on your roster. Fuchs, aging, you know, north end of 35, and you've got to hide him. You've got to, yes, his experience will be valuable for a first-year club, but you're going to have to find ways to cover him. And when you're covering folks at the back, and I know, and I'm still going to, have some of my jury left to the side to see who else they bring in to fill out their roster. But right now, yeah, um, you're going to be one of those teams in your first year where you're going to have some blowouts. You're going to have some, you're going to have some games that are going to frustrate your fans because you might be in a game for 88 minutes and give up that late game winner to the other team. I think that, you know, if you're a fan of the team in the new team in North Carolina, you're just going to have to be patient. I think that the first year is going to be long, but I still want to see who else they bring into this roster to try to fill in those spaces in and around what you were talking about. But right now, they got some work to do, and it's going to be a frustrating year for for fans, and it's going to be a long year on the pitch. I think. Yeah, I, well, I, right now it is. Um... Burns says Nashville's better than Charlotte will be, it appears. Yeah, and Nashville knew exactly what they wanted to be early on. People slammed Nashville because they weren't what Atlanta and LAFC did, but beyond what the two of them did in year one, what Nashville did in year one was the the most impressive in a long time. 
and they did it differently. But they knew exactly what they wanted to be. Charlotte, Ramirez knows what he wants to be. They'll get it. Um, I don't think they're going to moneyball at Parzival. I, I don't get that sense from anything Tepper would do. I, I don't think that's the plan. I do think from Ramirez's standpoint, he's going to want certain kinds of guys. And they might not be the, the big, expensive, flashy signings. But I, beyond like the, the flash, I don't know how much true quality they have. That's where I'm at with it, is just, okay, like, where's the, where's the quality here? I, I think you have a little bit. I think Alan Franco's a quality player. I think Vinicius Mello's a really good player, but he's young, and will he, will he be able to do it consistently? Jordy Rain has never been able to do it consistently. I just, ah. Um, I, Burns, actually, when it comes to Nashville, they bet heavily on Mukhtar. They did know that he could do this. Now, maybe he's went past what was the reasonable expectation, but yeah, they, they did bet on him, and they said it would come good. And look, they were right. They were they were dead on. It took him a little bit longer, but honestly, not that long because he was doing well before he started to get noticed for doing well, like really well. Um, that was a huge bet, and they got it right. We'll see if Charlotte has some of those. They're going to need to. They're going to need to hit on those. Um, Austin didn't hit as big on those bets to get there. Uh, Bart, Bart, I don't disagree with you. Bart says Nashville is a low key better expansion success than LAFC on the field. Yeah, I mean, it's two years versus four for LAFC now. But LAFC's got a, a dinner plate, a very nice dinner plate, but a dinner plate. They've had some playoff failures, big ones. They do have a CONCACAF Champions League final, but it was in the time frame where the Mexican teams they beat to get there, they beat two of them in single-game knockouts on neutral field as opposed to having to go to Mexico to get there. So it is a different kind of competition than others have had to do to get there. But I think right now, if I had to put money on which team will be in a higher position next season, it's Nashville. Pretty easy. Pretty easy pick for me at this moment. I I do think they're more sustainable, absolutely. And I think they have a clear vision. I don't know what LAFC's vision is. I have no idea. I mean... Still looking for a coach, and you know what's that coach going to want to do when it comes to bringing in people, in addition to what's already there now. I have far less questions about Nashville and what Gary Smith has built than I do about LAFC. And we, we know what we're getting with LAFC, and they're con- I mean with uh, LAFC and also with Nashville, we know what we're getting from them, and they've continued to. They started with an idea. Built out, built out, built out, built out, built out. The, the sound foundation of a house has been you know, constructed there in Nashville. And I have far less questions about Nashville than I do about LAFC. And LAFC is the, the shining star on a hill that just moved up another two spots in the power rankings, I'm fairly sure. But I've got far more questions about LAFC than I do the Nashville. Yeah, South no Georgia. Qu- South Georgia walks his quality. No, I mean, yeah, he's, he's no quality. I mean, he's, he's quality. I have no problem with saying that. But is walks among the best 10 center backs in major league soccer? No, he's not. He's a very good starter for anybody in the league, but 
I don't think he's in the top 10 at his position. I don't know if Charlotte has anybody in the top 10 in their position so far. That's, that's a little bit of a problem. You got to hit on somewhere because Nashville for it to, to compare and Nashville had a little bit different approach. They weren't going to come in and rock the boat as much and be as loud and boisterous um, as David Tepper was straight out of the gate, which makes you think he's going to spend and, and be a little wild, but it's Charlotte. It's not LA spending. So, or Miami trying to spend it's, it's Charlotte, North Carolina, which is a very different market. You're going to be getting very different kinds of players. All that's all that's accurate. Nashville went and got Anibal Godoy, Dax McCarty early on. Both were in the top ten in their position in the league, in the holding midfield. They gave you a base. They jumped on Walker Zimmerman when he became available. We know how good Walker Zimmerman is. Joe Willis is in the top ten in goalkeeper in his position. Um, very underrated. Mukhtar, you didn't know, um, although they bet on him. You didn't know where he would be in that top 10 ranking. But you had at least three. You got Daniel Lovitz, too. I think Daniel Lovitz was in the top 10 at left back. So, okay, you got another one. I I think that's pretty... I don't think that's a hot take to say that they had four guys on opening day that were in the top 10 in their position in the league. Um, and then you got a great hit on Alistair Johnston out of the draft turning him into a right back. Didn't see that coming. Uh, good scouting on Randall Leal, who I think is an impact player, although still a little too inconsistent. Um, incredible scouting on Mukhtar. They didn't hit on a forward. That was the thing. If they had hit on a forward like they did the others, they'd be even better. But they've went out and they spent on that now with Akeloba, who should be that guy going forward. Um, let me put it this way about Nashville versus LAFC. I think this is maybe the more fair way. I think Nashville will be in a far better place going into year five than LAFC is right now going into year five. LAFC might have bet the house on winning something early and didn't really have that plan for long-term sustainability that, frankly, Atlanta's had. And that's been something that has been talked about every time there's an outrage about a player moving on. It's about, look, this is a long-term thing. We don't want to be good and in bad. Always want to be good and have years where you're you're great. That's what this league is kind of built on. They can get everybody can get better with your scouting. Everybody can get better on every move. Everybody wants to hit every move one hundred percent, knock it out of the park, be smarter than everybody else. Nobody does that. But Nashville so far is in a better position going into year five than LAFC is now. Nashville's got a couple more years to get there. Let's see if they keep the plan. Let's see if they don't deviate from it, because maybe, hey, this uh, this happens. Maybe you get close this year, and it's like, oh, man, we've been close a couple times now. Let's go for it. Mm-hmm. And then you mortgage that future a little bit. I don't think they will. It doesn't seem to suit Gary Smith. It doesn't seem to suit how they've done so far, but you never know the effects of getting close and not getting it. We'll see what happens for them this year and how it affects their year four and an intern their year five. I think they'll be in a better position. Um, and I think, I think now just real quick, that, and that's key. You know, do you deviate from the plan? Do you get itchy? You know, when you're when you're close, do you sit there and it's like, all right, so we got close. Do you deviate or do you sit there and try to be patient? And and that's that's always the the big question for a team that's close. Do you stick with who you are, or 
do you sit there and get impatient and try to go, you know, try to go that extra step that's outside of what your your normal DNA is? You know, you're moving into a new building. Do you want to make that kind of a, you know, impression and sit there? It's like, okay, well, maybe if we deviate a little bit, but that's that for me. That's the big part in this. Is like if you get close, how do you stick the course? And how patient are you with your plan? That, to me, is the, the big element for me with Nashville. Ricky, I think LAFC's dinner plate in 2019, the Supporters' Shield, it did mean more than it does now. Um, it still didn't mean more than the Open Cup to me at that time. And I know I was probably in the minority at that. And it's not just because Atlanta won in 2019, LAFC didn't win the Open Cup. I've always felt like the Open Cup is more important than the Supporters' Shield in the MLS structure because you're not playing a true round-robin, home and away. Even in those days where you played everybody in the other conference, you had years where it was tougher than other years. And I think Atlanta's a good example of that. 17 and 19, when they had to go to Seattle and go to Portland in the same year, that's a little bit tougher schedule. Uh, 19, you had to go to LAFC as well. Um you had a tougher schedule in terms of strength of schedule. It's not even because you're not playing everybody home and away where it's fully even. So I always have put the open cup a little bit higher. It's even higher now. Like the gap between two and three now in terms of priority is more to me because of the way supporter shield has changed. But at that point, the record was a big part of it for sure. Um, They had an incredible year, but to me it's diminished by getting beat on your own park against Seattle in the Western Conference Final. Now, Seattle went on and won, but they got played off the park in that game. I've maybe unfairly held that against them. Um, but in terms of going into the season, take the teams away, take the, the point totals away, Supporter Shield, whenever MLS went to an un- – well, I think they've always had an unbalanced schedule to some degree because you've played some teams more than others even in the early days of the league – it's not quite the same. It's a big deal, but it's not the same. The Open Cup has needed to be a bigger deal, I think, in most people's eyes for me. And I, it, it is. It, it, to me, it is. I think for everybody else, maybe it's not. That's, you, know, it, you can debate that all day you want, and some teams will prioritize one over the other, and that's fine. Um, I think now it's harder to prioritize a supporter shield over anything is basically where I'd put it. And yes, just because we've talked about LAFC so much, Emilio, they are topping the power ranking. That is true. Yes, they um, just did that. Yeah, burned uh, the strikers. So for Nashville, you go through the history. Um, they bet a little bit on Abu Dunladi. It didn't pay off. Uh, Minnesota bet on him first. That didn't pay off. I, I've always felt like they've needed to play Daniel Rios more. Um, I think he would produce if you gave him the opportunity. Cameron Lancaster, they bet on him to come up from the lower division. He didn't show him enough, I guess, in training sessions to get there. He's back in the lower division now. Okay, that happens. Uh, CJ Sapong has been solid for them. Maybe a little bit of an extra bonus. Jonder Cadiz did not live up to it for them. Akiloba, we'll see. Next year is going to be the answer on Akiloba. Everything would point to him being the answer at that position. We'll see if he is. Um, I don't know what the process was this year to bring him in. He came in midseason. I don't know what the process was to to get him going and, and you know bring him into the team and start to play him a lot. He didn't play a lot straight out of the gate. That kind of concerned me a bit. He's got to have a big 22. If they get that right, then yeah, they're 
they're hitting on everything else for sure. Um, Charlotte has the money that Nashville doesn't. Bart says hundred percent. They can do more if they want. Um, they can't do what some markets in this league can do because it's Charlotte versus others. Um, you know, I mean, that's just a, that's a reality. Like there's players who aren't going to go to Charlotte that would go to Miami, that would go to Los Angeles, that would go to New York. There's players that would go to those places that wouldn't come to Atlanta too. I mean, that, that's accurate too. And there's some markets that have different appeal. I think Atlanta has a lot of appeal in South America now that maybe some others don't because of what they've done. Charlotte's going to have some issues with that, even though they can spend more. I, I do want to see where they spend and how they spend. Um, Modiflow points out, and that's, it's good to point out because you know these guys better than most. Um, you have two central midfielders, and Modiflow knows Alcivar and Franco uh, very well. Two central midfielders with incredible work rates. That is a building block, and that's something that, that they're going to need. What I'm kind of looking for is who's going to be the focal point of the attack. You know, I mean, is it Vinicius Mello? It's a lot on a teenager. Uh, who's going to create chances? I don't know where those come from yet. And they've got work to do defensively. Good building block in Walks. Veteran in Fuchs. Good building block in Lindsay. Different because he's, he's still building himself. They need a goalkeeper they can count on. Like, there's still a lot of questions about them. Uh, Ricky Ricardo throwing slander on Marco Urania which I, I do not appreciate, Ricky. Um, he's not a goat, so it's, it's not with your anti-goat stance. Uh, Urania was not the answer long-term for LAFC, but he was actually pretty good in facilitating for the other guys in that team. They got better when they got a forward who could do more on his own. But Urania was like that selfless number nine who would make a run to create space for Vela to come in from the flank to. He, he would run away to draw defenders where Rossi would then cut in and, and, and take the space. So he filled a role, and it was useful, but they got better when they got uh, – who did they bring in at, up top that ended up leaving about a year later? Oh, Why am man. I forgetting who it was? Diamande. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They got Dio, better right. because he, he could score goals himself, and, and Urania's right. not a big goal scorer. He's more of a facilitator. Um. Okay, uh, our, our, our buddy Nico Moreno is feeling under the weather a little bit, so he is not going to join us today. We are going to get him next week, um, hopefully, barring any more feeling under the weather. Um, Nico, we'll, we'll, we'll get with Nico. We'll try to, to catch some time with, with Nico down the road, too, um, in a 1v1 and get a little bit longer time with him. No worries there. Uh, Bart, as we're kind of going through Q&A, if you got them, throw them in. We'll, we'll keep going. This has been a good conversation on expansion and what MLS is looking like. There is a rumor, Bart brings it up, about Nashville and Walker Zimmerman. Um, somewhat ambiguous rumor, kind of vague, about Zimmerman drawing interest in John's beloved England. Okay. You missed John. Why are you, why are you missing on the England rumors? You're supposed to be all over this. I know. So is it Prem or Championship? Where would you think Walker Zimmerman should be? Frankly, it probably would be lower level prem for me, lower half. You're not very high on Mr. Zimmerman, I see. No, I'm not very high on the Premier League and the value of themselves as we're getting into our number ones discussion. No, that has nothing to do with valuing players. You don't think Zimmerman could go into a top half Premier League team? Oh, I think he could. I'm just saying that the teams that would be chasing after him would be the ones that the lower would be in the lower half. 
So the Telegraph had this. Um, that's why we're talking about it. It wasn't one of the other ones. Um, I don't think they went into specifics. I think it's one of those kind of vague ones. I do not have a subscription to the Telegraph. Sorry. Um, English teams are interested. He's a national that narrows team. It down. Yeah, he's a, he's a national team center back. He should draw interest. Uh, nothing wrong with that. I don't know if they'll have to replace him. I, I mean, I don't know. D. Graham says Zimmerman's an MLS lifer. He might be, but I don't say that as a negative. Um, I don't know. I don't know if you are either. Uh, it's just I, I think at times we say that as like, oh, he's not good enough for that level. I would disagree with that. I think Zimmerman is. I think Robinson is. I think there's a lot of him. Aaron Long was. Um, a lot of MLS players who are capable of playing in England, in France, and Italy, and Spain, and Germany. I think there is the perception issue at times that they're not good enough. I, I'm not buying that anymore. I'm not buying that because you see guys from those leagues come here and not really show out. So guys should be able to go there and be fine. You know? I mean, it's, it's kind of an easy, logical move, in my opinion. Teams who start to understand that the level of MLS is very good and that guys can adapt to European leagues, teams that start to understand that will get bargains until the market catches up. Mm -hmm. Whoever jumps on that first, and look, right now it's been somebody like Venezia, except for Tanner Testman getting red carded. That wasn't good. Yes. Um, But it's going to be maybe a team like that, a smaller team that's looking for an edge. Well, your edge might be to buy players out of a, a very competitive league, a very physical league, a growing league, and bring them in for good prices. Zimmerman would be one of those guys. So I think he can play. It's it's just going to be down to the right team, the right offer. And also, how much does he want that? Yeah. You know, does he want to go chase that and potentially end up in a spot where he's got to fight to get playing time? Or does he want to stay and know he's going to be given playing time because he's a top, top player in this league? Not everybody wants to go and do that when they can be here. And It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And be comfortable and be happy and play well and be in the national team too. Like, what is there to chase? Don't know. I don't know what Walker wants in that regard. Championship clubs chasing promotion in the second half of the season is the verbiage from the Telegraph. Okay. Um, and that makes sense. You can buy that. that that's, that's the type of club that should be looking to MLS. Absolutely. Daryl DK's name's getting thrown around again. Uh, Chris Smith from 90 Minutes had something on that, that he's drawing interest again. Okay. 
the smart ones will do it, and we'll see if they can benefit from it. We'll see if they go down that road. Well, and it, you know, Fulham right now is at the top of the table. And Fulham has done it in the past. Yeah. And they should know this league pretty well um, with their ownership. They should probably fix the Jacksonville Jaguars on the NFL side first while they're at it. True, Ooh, yes. Man, um, that's been a series of great moves. Ooh, ooh. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Fulham for me is the, the instant one that I drew, that my eyes drew toward because of all the links to this country and chasing promotion. Because it's Fulham, Bournemouth, Blackburn, West Brom, and then a space to three, six, eight team, nine teams separated by five points. So the top four, Fulham, Bournemouth, Blackburn, and West Brom. And I instantly gravitated toward Fulham. Yeah, yeah. And there's others in that group too. Um, I think Zimmerman's a pretty easy fit to go over and play at that level. I think he could absolutely handle that level. I think his physicality would be a really good fit for that level too. Uh, and he'd be a good price. Um, the question is, does he want it? And the question is, what is Nashville going to try to get for him if he does want it? We'll see. Uh, but that's at the very early nebulous rumor stage. So keep that in mind as well. Uh, Tom Cato about LAFC and strategy. Thought they were going to buy good talent, sell them on in two-ish years for way more money. Uh, but COVID, possibly, I, I think. But also that balancing act of winning and selling got a little out of whack as well. Uh, Tom says, would that be a decent reason why they look like they're in a rut right now? I'd love to have that answer. I don't know for sure. If I remember correctly, there were there was a lot of talk about Diego Rossi. How much was after year one, and how much was as COVID was hitting going into that summer window of 20? I don't remember. I'd have to go back and look at it. There were questions about why they hadn't sold Rossi until the loan to Turkey. I don't know if it's all COVID-related. So if it is, is that a, a valid reason why they are in the boat they are now? Yeah, but they haven't handled it well, even if that is the only reason. Um, you don't have a manager right now because when you didn't want to bring Bob back or he didn't want to come back, they didn't have a succession plan. That's a problem. That's number one. Sounds like there's an issue with Vela about wanting to come back or wanting more money or maybe wanting to go. That's dragging. That's a problem. Brian Rodriguez, they loaned him. It didn't work out at Almeria. They didn't get promoted, so the obligation to buy didn't happen. He came back. So far, it's not a problem because he's played well, but it's a problem in terms of the selling strategy. They've missed on other things. The Zimmerman trade, unless it was purely to get cap compliant because you needed the allocation money, it doesn't make any sense. And they struggled to replace him for a long time. There's questions that are not COVID-related for me about LAFC and their strategy. Uh, but I'd love to hear from John Dorrington how willing he would be to answer that. I don't know. Like, Did they decide to hold on to Rossi because the offers just flat out were not good enough? Very possible. Did they decide to hold on to him because the offers weren't get you out of bed in the morning, but they were pretty good, but they wanted to win because they got close? I don't know. So Rossi would have been after year two, so 18, 19, going into 20. There, I'm almost positive there were offers before COVID hit in the going into 20 window. 
did they not sell because they got so close in 19 with a record-setting regular season, losing in the conference final, that they said, man, these are good offers, but we need him to win, and we want to win this year. That's the question I'd love to have answered, because I'm not 100% sure. I think it was a little more pre-COVID that they started to get off the rails a little bit of where they wanted to be. They're still... They can fix it really fast. <laughs> like they can, they can go hire a great manager and maybe Paiva from Independiente del Valle is that guy again, fairly unproven, but he's got a title under his belt now. Maybe he's the answer. Maybe him, couple big money signings, which they can do. Maybe that fixes everything really fast. Maybe this is an issue that they don't have a way. They don't have a path. It, it, it's gotten lost a little bit. We're going to find out coming into the season. We're going to find out pretty quick on LAFC, I think. Um, good point. Burns says they were never a tournament team, sort of like Manchester City. Some teams are like that. Built for the long haul as opposed to winning a game in 90 minutes. Um, yeah, I can buy that. I can buy that to a degree. Um, teams that prioritize playing on that side and don't put enough to the defense, don't put enough of a focus on the defense, sometimes get that tag. Because generally, I think when we think about a tournament team, you think about a shutdown defense. You, you think about a team that can throw three clean sheets at you in a playoff and, and go through. There has to be some balance, and that's why I think Atlanta never, never got enough credit for that side of it because they did invest day one on the defense. Parkhurst, they went out and got LGP, which was good scouting because he was not a lockdown, like, oh, yeah, he's going to be a star in this league. He didn't have the the CV that Alan Franco did coming in. Frankly, he didn't have the CV that Fernando Meza did coming in. It worked. They hit. Franco Escobar, they hit. He didn't have much of a CV because he hadn't played a whole lot at Newell's. It hit. But then you also went out and got a Greg Garza coming into year one. You know, you got Tyrone Mears, who ended up being the guy for the first half, and then you hit on another on Anton Walks playing right back in the second half of year one. You had gotten Sean Johnson, you'd already decided on a trade there, and then you were able to upgrade from that with Brad Kazan. So they invested on the defensive side, um, and that's what led them to a title in year two, in my opinion. Nashville did that. LASC never did. Never really did. I think that's what's holding them back. We'll see. Paiva will have an attacking team, but he will get the defense right. Remember when we talked to uh, Nino Torres, they made adjustments defensively because it was too tilted the other way. They were giving up bad goals. They were bad defensively. He fixed that. They got really good defensively in this past season. That's why they ended up winning the title. So he's a good guy for that because he will attack, but he's not going to ignore the defensive side of it. I think Bob Bradley wanted to prove a point that he could be so strong in the attack that they didn't have to be as strong defensively. Single-game knockouts, you get found out there a little bit. You just get found out a little bit. And Atlanta LAFC MLS Cup, Ricky Ricardo would break MLSsoccer.com and everybody who talks about the league. Everybody would be broken, uh, huddled in a corner, just rocking back and forth because it'd be a mess. <laughs> it'd be an absolute mess. Uh, sure. in, uh, Go ahead. Just real quick, in the 2020 season, it was the nebulous interest from multiple clubs in Europe for Diego Rossi, and in 21, he was linked to, obviously, teams in Turkey. 21's different. I, 
I think it got more specific than that in 20. I, I, I know Fiorentina was a club that came up multiple times. I remember that one, yeah. It was not just random rumors. Like There were reportedly offers made, and I, I think the narrative was that the offers weren't good enough, which maybe is the case. That might be the case. Um, I don't know. Yeah, $17 million transfer in August of 2019 being negotiated with Fiorentina for Rossi. If that was accurate, they should have sold and reinvested, and they should have done that then because the they did start to get fewer returns. Anyway, I don't know. Um, <laughs> Sharif, with roster moves, I, I see it like a cooking analogy. John, you're not going to get this. No, I'm not. When cooking with a tomato, there is a finite number of ways you could use it. But in the end, you always want to make a good or great dish. Hmm. I need to flesh that analogy out a little bit more, Sharif. But I think you might be on to something there. Um, hmm. I'm going to have to think about it. I'm going to let that marinate since we're on a cooking analogy. Ah, I'm gonna, tomato marinate. Very good. You let a lot of things marinate, John. It's not purely... To tomato. I was thinking. I was thinking sauces. That's where I was going. There's plenty of sauces that don't have tomatoes in them that you, you marinate things in. Like I said, you're not going to get the analogy. <laughs> I went down you, you one road and either. one road only. I was thinking Italian food. You don't marinate stuff in tomato very often. Anyway, I'm, I'm just going to smile and nod. Um, okay. Yeah, Tom. I know. I'm just. Uh, I don't know. I don't get it. Uh, okay. I'm. I'm Sharif, I am I am welcoming you to uh, give me multiple paragraphs on the tomato analogy for a roster build because I am very intrigued by this now. Yeah, I don't I don't know I don't know four card. I, I'm just letting it I'm just letting it go. I don't want to do it. Um, all right. Yes, Ricky is anti messy stands. He says that's what he claims. Um, he, he talks a lot about Leo himself. I'm just saying. Anti-goat Ricky Ricardo. That's what we've There you go. Today. Yes, the anti-goat. He says he's anti-Tom Brady, so yes, there you go. He's anti-goat. Anti-goat. Okay. He is coming to this realization. Ricky is anti-goat. Um, okay, trying to get caught up on, on more and more because we've had lots of conversations here. Uh, Ricky is still debating his anti-goatness. Um, a lot of talk about scouting and such. Modiflow giving us more background info on Paiva and Ramirez. Uh, former former youth coaches, fairly young. They like the ball. Um, academy development, you would think, would be good under both. I totally agree. They should have good talent. They should absolutely have clear identities. Um, that's what I think Ramirez will have. That's what I'm kind of like, well, I'm not seeing it in the roster yet. And, and maybe it's just a timing issue with Charlotte. I don't know. Uh, with Paiva, he'll need, if he's going to come in and get young and, and get his identity through, he'll need a little bit of time. And LAFC is a different animal than Independiente del Valle was in terms of expectation. You know, having time, Bob got time, but even people were getting a little frustrated with Bob this past year with the results. I don't think Iva gets that much time. So he's going to have to get to his identity quick. Mm-hmm. There's going to be more pressure on him there than he's ever faced because he's a young coach. It, it's it, It'll be really interesting. I hope they hire him because I want to see it play out. Uh, Burned, one thing that isn't discussed enough when MLS teams fail to sell young South American players onto Europe. 
uh, brings up Rossi, Barco, Rodriguez, etc., is that the mistake could have been to overpay at the time of the acquisition. It could be, and they're all those are all very different acquisitions, too. Um, Rossi and Rodriguez were not overpaid for uh, different shopping um, numbers in Uruguay versus Argentina, for sure, and different levels of expectation because of what Barco was coming off of versus what Rossi and Rodriguez were coming off of. So they're hard to compare that group. Um, Rossi, if I'm not mistaken, they got him for about a million bucks from Peñarol. It wasn't more than three million because Peñarol hasn't sold anybody for more than three, four million in their their lifetime, according to Transfer Mark. That's why the the conversation around Facundo Torres for around ten million was significant, and that's been a mess. Like. It sounded like they were going to sell. Then it sounded like they weren't going to sell. They weren't going to sell to somebody in Europe because they were going to come in with another offer. That didn't materialize. Then it sounded like the Orlando thing was going to happen and be done. Then it wasn't accepted by the club. And now the talk in Uruguay has been that Torres and his family are like, hey, why didn't you take the deal? We're ready to go. So who knows? That, that thing's a mess. But you got Rossi and Rodriguez for low money. Yeah. Low money versus uh, what Barco was bought for. But Barco had greater expectation. Barco had a greater pedigree, et cetera, et cetera. Um, there is a balance of taking a loss and, and looking bad in front of the owners and all that. That stuff does pay play into it to a degree. I would like to see MLS not get hung up on that. And they shouldn't because this happens all the time. Um, I can't remember what Federan Torres was purchased for at Manchester City. Can you find that? John, um, when Ferran Torres came to Manchester City, because he is being sold to Barcelona, and uh, Marca actually had the reporting on how that's happening. It makes a lot of sense when you break it down. Four payments. Um, first payment is this summer, not right now. 55 million euro deal, uh, breaking it into four. So that's manageable for Barca over time. And especially, you don't make the first payment now, you make it in the summer. Okay, cool. There is a $10 million add-on, but it's stuff like if he wins the Ballon d'Or, if he's the Golden Boot winner in La Liga, if he sold for more than $100 million down the road, or if they win the Champions League and he plays more than 70% of the games. Each is like €2.5 million. Euro. Those are not incredibly likely. Um, $55 million split into four, first payment in the summer, you pay the rest later. I get how Barca can afford that now. And I also think Pep did Barcelona a solid. 14 each if you divide that up the number was 21 million pounds in 2020 okay so they turned a a really good profit there but they're extending the payment plan out that's probably why they're getting a little bit more here too um you don't always make money and then there's the balancing act now young players are different you do want to make money on those you don't want to lose but there's also the, the, the counter if somebody's going to come at me and say well we didn't make money on this player what did we do wrong this player helped us win things. This player performed well for us. This player sold a boatload of shirts. You do get returns that are not financial on guys. And I think Rossi and Barco and Rodriguez have all paid off on the field in differing degrees. Barco especially this past season. Rossi especially in his golden boot year. Rodriguez especially in his past season where he's finally starting to come good. Yep. Rodriguez was 11.5 at if you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. 
CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. In August of 2019 from Peña Roll and Rossi was listed at four. Okay, there you go. Uh, Rossi was four. I did not see that. I saw it the other. Where did you see that? A uh, couple of different places, but uh, transfer mark the- had Rossi lower than Rodriguez. Okay, I, and I don't know, it, but it's under four, and yeah. you could have made, according to reports, seventeen from Fiorentina. If if that's accurate, I don't know why they didn't sell at that point. They they. I think with Rossi and and maybe Rodriguez, definitely Rossi, you were going to make money. I don't think that was the concern when it came to them. So we'll we'll see. We'll see. Um, I believe we are being alerted, and I'm going to check into this to see if I'm misreading something uh, in the Twitch pitch or if there is an actual new rumor. Do we have new rumors? Do we have new rumor music? We don't have new rumor music, so I don't know if it's a rumor. Oh, we do have a new rumor. Um, let me see if it's anybody that is... No, that one's not worth talking about. Um, da, 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 da. I hope that we are not falling for a new rumor on somebody with uh, seven Twitter followers. Wow. I hope that's not it. Um, four card, I believe, is who brought it up. Yes. Uh, please point me in the direction of the rumor you are discussing so we can get into how valid it could be at any point um, because the only one I'm seeing is not valid. So we'll, we'll just let me know. Um, other stuff. Let's see. Uh, four card and Ricky are yelling at one another, but that's a Barcelona Real Madrid <laughs> thing. So there's nothing is it I a goat based discussion? Uh, different goats. Um, Domer's bringing in a completely different goat to the discussion. That's a whole nother topic. Um, the, the goats in Mexico are linked to Jurgen Dom, so we can go to a different goat with Chivas, because that, that's, that's literally what it is. Uh, they are linked to him more, and it's been talked about from ESPN Mexico, but Record in Mexico uh, said that they had confirmed that there is interest and there are discussions, and he's available, and I mean, it's basically all the same stuff. Uh, the one thing about Chivas is that they have lost a position or lost a player on the right wing. They do want to play fast. They want speed. Jurgen Dom fits what they're looking for. Do they get a deal done? We'll have to see. Is it a loan? Is it a transfer? We'll have to see. But that's where things stand right now on Jurgen Dom. Record, he was on the front page there this morning. Uh, okay. <laughs> Ricky, settle down with your anti-goatness. Yeah. Others, oh, uh, oh, Kevin, Kevin Baxter uh, said four point five for the Rossi. Initially. Okay, okay. Again, transfer marked had that different. Yeah, but it doesn't mean it, it. You never know when you're talking like South American conversation of it. Here, talking about it, who's getting what? What actually is given to the club? Maybe what's given to the agent to facilitate maybe it's 4.5 in total with everything, but the club got a million or 2 million or whatever. Who knows? Anyway, 17 million is a lot more than four or 4.5 or one or two or three, any of those. Um, Other things on the board. 
the uh, tournament in Africa, the African Cup of Nations, is said to go ahead as planned. January 9th through February 6th, um, the president of the Confederation of African Football has confirmed it. There had been a meeting between uh, Patrice Motsepe and the president of Cameroon, Paul Baia, about lack of organization, about incomplete building work, about the threat of coronavirus outbreaks. They're moving forward. You're going to hear more pushback from clubs in Europe about moving forward. That is going to happen. I am waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting for that to continue because after I think everybody's mad about festive fixtures, they're going to get mad about losing players to that tournament. It's going to come up. Uh, rumors to keep an eye on. Newcastle getting some competition for Kieran Trippier from Manchester United and Tottenham. Manchester United was interested in the past. Tried to get a deal done. Couldn't. Tottenham are looking for a right wing back and a forward in January, according to The Athletic. They are looking to offload Matt Doherty and Deli Alley in January. Okay. Steven Gerrard at Aston Villa is trying to bring in Glenn Kamara from his former club Rangers. Okay, makes sense. Get it. Bruce Dortmund's trying to keep Jude Bellingham by signing his brother, Job, 16. They want to sign him. They want to convince Jude to hang around. It's an interesting strategy. See how it plays out. Uh, Barcelona are struggling to offload Samuel Umtiti and Felipe Coutinho because both players don't want to give up their lucrative contracts in Barcelona. Yep, shouldn't have signed them to those contracts. And probably because they were mentioned, uh, Barcelona owes Liverpool more money among Coutinho. Probably yes. because it just came Agreed. up. Yep. Uh, Liverpool are monitoring, along with many people, on monitoring Luis Diaz from Porto. Colombian winger, 24, uh, has been a top player in the Portuguese league. Uh, Liverpool might want to bring in Luis Diaz now as a replacement for Sadio Mane, who heads to the African Cup of Nations with Senegal next month. That makes sense. You can buy into that move. Uh, Serie B in Italy, they're going to postpone their next two match days due to increased number of COVID infections. Now, we talked about Italy's procedures. I don't know if what Serie A is doing is the same as what Serie B is doing. But the next two match days, scheduled for December 26th, December 29th, postponed. So they're basically taking their winter break early. The league is expected to come back on January 15th. Um, and there's a chance that the postponed games get played ahead of that date. So stay tuned on that. Uh, Serie A has just had a handful of players missing due to COVID infections, but that could look different. Spezia did something that had never happened in the modern recorded time since 2004 in Italy. They beat Napoli 1-0 without taking a single shot on goal. They scored without shooting. Uh, an own goal from Juan Jesus. Uh, that gave Spezia the win. Napoli had 26 shots in total, seven on target, and they lost 1-0. That three points for Spezia is huge because Tiago Motta was set to lose his job, according to reports. Maybe uh, winning a game without shooting is going to give him the opportunity to keep his job. I don't know if I'm measuring somebody keeping their job based off a result like that, but whatever yeah. works for you. Uh, it also is big for them in the relegation battle because they are five points ahead of Genoa going into the break. So that three points is huge, and it was a very early Christmas gift for Spezia, courtesy of Juan Jesus. If you have not seen the first goal yesterday from Karim Benzema, whoo, whoo, go watch it over and over again. 
Because that thing, good grief. Uh, two goals in like six minutes, and then Bilbao got one back before the 10th minute. Um, Real Madrid's win puts them eight points clear at the top of La Liga going into the winter break. It's theirs to lose. Real Madrid's got the title. It's theirs to lose. Um, I think that is it. Uh, Deportivo Cali in Colombia, we've talked about that final. They won the second leg. It was pretty wild because the first leg, Tolima was able to get a draw at Deportivo Cali. Second leg's at Tolima. You think they're going to get it done at home. They end up losing the second leg at home. Deportivo Cali got the win. Uh, Preciado had the the most important goal, which was a great goal to level it and then converted a penalty to win it. So uh, Deportivo Cali are your champions in Colombia. Uh, and also, if you haven't seen Ante say it was a funny video um, because this stuff happens in, in some leagues and some clubs all the time. Baraca Central, who we've talked about getting promoted to the Argentine top flight. They had a feature um, on one of the, the shows on Te say about uh, Lord Jim, the Brujo, who helped them win. They had a, I think it was 32 candles that was set up in the dressing room that was supposed to bring them goodwill and luck and, and a win, and ah, it did. And, okay. and Lord Jim, uh, that, that's, what that's what his name is. Uh, tweets out there, you can go look at it. Lord Jim is the secret. For Baraka Central. Kind of like Joe Boo for uh, uh, Serrano in Major League? No, Lord no. Lord, Lord Jim is a real person, John. Oh, okay. He's a real person. Like they talked to Lord Jim. Nobody talked to uh, Joe Boo. Nobody Serrano? else had interviews. Yeah, and he was a little bonkers. Like, Lord Jim did interviews. Okay. I was not aware that Lord Jim was an actual person. Uh, Lord Jim, man. Maybe maybe clubs in MLS need Lord Jims. I don't know. Uh, trade in MLS. Philadelphia Union have acquired Julian Carranza from Miami. That's a good move for Philly. I like Carranza. And he wasn't going to play over Gonzalo Higuain. And he didn't get a, much of an opportunity this season at all. Uh, leaves Miami a little thin up top now with Higuain. And they did add Ariel Lasseter very different kind of player. Carranza is a little bit more similar in terms of his game to Iguain and it is alone. So that's mm-hmm. actually smart business all the way around. Um, so a loan for a second round pick in the upcoming super draft. That's nothing. That's easy. Yep. Uh, added to the roster immediately, a young designated player spot. Philadelphia is not spending crazy money. Uh, there's an option to make the loan permanent. Okay. That, that sounds like good business for everybody. Yeah. Uh, Carranza wasn't going to be outside of just when Higuain can't play, which is something to consider. Maybe they want him to play more. I don't know if he does that in Philly, to be honest, uh, with what they have currently, unless they're going to lose some of their forward depth. Now, they play two up top. Keep that in mind. They go four four two diamond, but they've got Shabilko, they've got Santos, they've got Corey Burke. Does Carranza beat out Santos or Burke? Do you just rotate more? Does he fit the pressing style? I think he can. I think he's got the personality to do it. We'll see if he he picks up the tactical side of it because he hasn't played in that style before. I, I, th- I still think it's a good move for both sides. I think it works. I have questions, but I think it works. Yeah, and especially the outlay. That, or the outlay is uh, nothing. 
Yeah, and that's you know you're getting somebody that you have that you're putting into the young DP that could help you up top, and the outlay is virtually nothing, and it could turn into something permanent if you like what you're seeing in the loans. So no, I think it's a, I think it's a win for Philly. No, Badger. It did not appear that there were any sacrifices done uh, by Lord Jim or anybody uh, on Baraka Central's behalf. Um, if they if they did, they didn't show that on Tay. Say that part was was not on camera. If that happened. All right, that's going to do it for us today. we got a show tomorrow. Mike Conti will join us. Uh, we'll get you updated on any further news that happens around the league. I think in terms of MLS, the biggest rumor that is on the board internally is Maxi Oderuti to Austin. That has not gone official yet. Um, Steve Clark signed with Houston. Alan Franco to Charlotte, which we talked about. Darwin Quintero, non-designated player deal to stay in Houston. That's a Good signing on a, on a TAM deal. Uri Rossell back to Kansas City after leaving Orlando. Um, that's what we know so far. Uh, Chicago made a homegrown signing as well. Player from their academy who, who went on to college and did well. They've added that. It's where things stand right now. I'm sure there'll be some other moves around the league today. Maybe this Philadelphia-Miami deal is the precursor to a wacky day in the MLS silly season. I'm sure there'll be more rumors. Maybe more Brujos. Uh, there don't think there's a ton of games on today if you're looking for things to watch. Um, what do we have? Not much. You've got the Eredivisie in the Netherlands. The Go-Ahead Eagles are at PSV. There you go. The Go-Ahead Eagles are plus 1,200. That's about it. Belgian Cup. I don't know where to tell you to watch the Belgian Cup. Um, uh, Turkish League at noon. Turkish League at noon. That's probably all that's going to be accessible to you right now. Watch, uh, watch, watch Benzema's goal over and over and over again. There you go. Watch all the old highlights. The Iranian League is active, Patrick. Yeah, I don't think we have access to the Iranian League in this country. Um, not much else to watch. Portugal, okay. the Tasha de Portugal at uh, 345. That is not the top. Well, oh, that's the cup. That's the cup. So, yeah, I, I don't know who has the cup. Uh, some of the league, like I know Goal TV has Portugal, but I don't know if they have the cup. If you're looking for a game to watch, live soccer TV can be your friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't look like they are very friendly at the moment because I don't think many of these random games are going to be available. ESPN Plus has Belgian League or Belgian Cup. It's Belgian Cup. You have the playoffs in Guatemala, which will be on Telecentro. Uh, Fanatis should have it. That might actually might be on the uh, Tigo Guatemala channel. Uh, you have Centro America TV with Real España and Olympia, the second leg of the Honduran final. Uh, Olympia trying to win their fourth title in a row. You've got that PSV go-ahead Eagles game at 1245 from the Netherlands. And you've got Besiktas and Gostepe in Turkey at noon. Beyond that, you're going to be scrambling a little bit to find stuff. <laughs> Good yeah. luck. Um and we have another postponement in England. Of course we do. Uh, Wimbledon and Charlton is postponed, and that was one of our picks of the week. Uh, postponed. New York. After went out Charlton and informed the EFL, they would not be able to fulfill the fixture due to a number of COVID-19 cases. Yeah. Get that, uh, that boilerplate and have it ready and copied and ready to insert in a lot of different press releases. Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks, y'all. It was fun. Thanks for the conversation. I think you know, probably this next week will be a lot of these kind of shows that will float around and be random because there's not going to be quite as many games to talk about. There's not going to be quite as much news to talk about. We'll break that when it happens. But if you have some deeper 
dive topics that you want us to get into, like marinating tomatoes, uh, let us know, and we will get into those as we go. Um, everybody stay safe. If you're traveling, be safe out on the roads or in the air or anything you're doing. Um, if you got to go get tested, have a lot of extra time for that test to happen because the lines are very, very backed up. Um, maybe the at-home tests are starting to become a little more available again. We'll see. Don't know. Do your best to take care of yourself and the people around you. We'll be back tomorrow. Mucha plat, y'all. Mucha plat, y'all.